Hello and welcome back to the Motorsport Bear Talk podcast. I'm your host Diri and joining me once again today is my friend and your co-host Shailand. On this episode, we'll be talking about the insane Imola GP that took place last weekend. So, let's grab some chai, take our seats, ready our opinions and dive right into the conversation. Hello Iran, how have you been? It's been a crazy weekend and I'm still still buzzing from what happened yesterday. Hello Divya. Absolutely, a wet race at an old school circuit like Imola is something to no, not miss and I'm glad we had a great race last weekend. Uh ex- this weekend. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, I was not uh, as as I said in the Imola GP preview that we did, I was not expecting anything from Imola at all except uh you know a very interesting qualifying, but it delivered thanks to the race and you know like you said an old school circuit and unexpectedly so a lot to talk about. So you know, let's let's dive right into it. <sighs> let's talk about first up Max Verstappen uh currently P2 in the World Drivers' Championship by just one point. Lewis Hamilton taking that extra point uh, for the first lap in the Imola GP race. Uh, but what a weekend for Max. Um, quite a bit of a roller coaster for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on his performance this weekend? I think, as as Max himself said, he, he made a rare mistake in his qualifying lap. A very scruffy qualifying lap, as he called it. But that race start was absolutely perfect giving Hamilton just enough room but closing the door pushing him just yeah closing the door at the right point and flying away after that absolutely perfect restart definitely like you said you know he himself came out and said uh, about, uh, he admitted his mistake and I think that was a real sign of maturity from Max Verstappen that we have not seen in the past usually he would you know brush aside any comments uh, about his mistakes but uh, definitely a scruffy qualifying and it was just funny uh, to hear Max make a comment about Honda making great lawnmowers and I thought it was a little um, untimely so uh, especially since uh, <laughs> Honda is definitely delivering on their promise uh, this year but again like you said a uh, great race after that from Max too you know just leading throughout uh, and finishing like miles ahead of Lewis Hamilton who had a race race a, a different race, race all by himself um but he, his Max's race was not without incident either, right? Uh, he had a safety car restart incident. Uh, almost gave away the lead to Charles Leclerc. I think it was really uh, nice of Charles, I'd say, to uh, to let Verstappen recover from his uh, yeah yeah. Spin. I saw that Charles Charles did slow down. Yeah, absolutely. And Lando and Lando was like, why did why did Charles slow down? If if would have if it had been <laughs> me, I would have taken the race lead because it's hard to overtake in Imola and um, that might have guaranteed a win but definitely sportsman sportsman like of Charles to do what he did uh, yeah I, I'm just looking forward to this world championship fight now I just I just can't wait I am buzzing and uh, I, I, I'm just I'm just like a little disappointed when I'm thinking about the future because the last race is still slotted to be in Abu Dhabi and we all know if the race goes down to Abu Dhabi what's gonna happen uh, so a little disappointed about that but just can't wait for the season to get underway and this two-week break uh, seems insanely long once again. I would not mind a doubleheader this weekend. Yeah, definitely. With two with two race wins for both Verstappen and Hamilton, and just one point separating them, it's going to be an insane season, just from the second race onward. So it's great to see 
that red bull are finally delivering from the get go from the race one of the season absolutely absolutely uh we'll, we'll talk about lewis in a minute let's talk about max's team at perez um not the best weekend for him uh he was not having a great qualifying but he turned it around in q3 put it p2 on the grid first time he ever started uh from the first row of the grid in his entire career and it was starting to look promising but again he struggled in the race yeah definitely uh, perez did did say that he made a few mistakes on his qualifying run and potentially could and and had the potential to be p1 but i think had it been a uh, had it been a you know dry race without without the wet track perez was on soft tires so he potentially could have had a better start than hamilton and taking taken that lead potentially but that uh, the 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 conditions the wet track certainly changed everything around for him uh definitely and like even at the start you could see perez struggling didn't get up the line really well uh fell behind max almost immediately and then charles overtook him the first few laps and he he was he was finding it different to even keep up with charles in that red bull which has much more pace than the ferrari uh, and that was really surprising to see but uh yeah he w- he went off twice once behind the safety car and once after the second safety car restart absolutely and he overtook behind the safety car i'm 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 pretty surprised a man with that experience 10 years of formula 1 experience he overtook behind the safety car which is very surprising and yeah and like red bull red bull didn't even tell him to to go for it or to not go for it uh definitely a miscommunication from both the driver and the team and uh, it seems like i guess sergio was just uh unsettled and had like a little bit of a brain fade if you want to call it that or just you know forgot about it uh but definitely i think red bull should have communicated the fact that you know you're not supposed to overtake under safety car and i think that also cost perez the race and the confidence that he might have had going into the race after his great q3 run uh kind of disappointing uh from there but uh, we're going to portimao next weekend uh it's it's also a interesting track and we had an interesting race last year there so we'll see how perez does uh but again you know just a reminder of that how I wouldn't say like the second red bull seat is cursed but how difficult it is to be in that second red bull seat and I don't know if that is what is getting to Perez but we'll see as the season unfolds now let's talk about the driver of the day the champion the people's champion <laughs> Lando the people's champion definitely Lando Norris what a guy I mean I'll I'll let you go and because I I have so many thoughts about Lando Norris after watching him race in Imola I can't even put them like you know it's 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 really hard to put my words into a sentence that makes sense so I'll I'll, I'll let you go first <laughs> Okay so Andreas Seidel said after the race that Lando's performance certainly put him puts him on a a better step on the next step as a racing driver and which is completely right you know we have seen moments of potential from Lando over the past uh, three two two years and two races now but i think everyone as i said uh, in a, in an earlier episode everyone well, like not everyone gives lando the the respect or the, the like deserves. the praise he deserves right and this performance yesterday just shows you how how good a driver he is and how fast he is picking up on the promise absolutely and you know if if someone who missed out on the race would say you know Lando is in a McLaren and you know he started 7th on the grid like he did in Bahrain and it's no surprise that he finished P3 in a rain affected race 
but if you if you consider the whole whole race, right? He had a quality disappointment, started P7, but Lewis bagged him, and that was a great, you know, I I really enjoyed that little bit of camaraderie between the two. But again, Lando exactly. did not have a great start of the race. He fell down to P10, while uh, at the start of the race, uh, while Daniel Ricciardo made a place, but Daniel Ricciardo was running P5 at one point. But then Lando came through the field uh, throughout the race to finish P3. And uh, let's talk about McLaren's strategy call. First of all, with Daniel Ricciardo, right? Daniel Ricciardo <laughs> did not have great pace. Uh, the call for team orders, right? Uh, McLaren called it, and Daniel was uh, nice enough to let Lando go, which paid off for McLaren. Yeah. It paid a huge dividend for McLaren. Uh, and I think, you know, kudos to Daniel for, for uh, making it so easy for McLaren. Uh, and recognizing the fact that Lando is definitely, you know, driving driving better than he is currently in, in the McLaren car. Currently, exactly. Uh, but yeah. let's talk about the strategy call after the red flag. Now, most of the grid was on medium, medium. tires on the restart, yeah. but McLaren took the call, go on the softs. Now, when, when that call happened, I was all over the internet and I was like, this is the worst mistake McLaren will probably make. And I was yeah, proven I, wrong over the next 30 laps. And I, I know, haven't been I know. happier to be proven wrong ever before. I know, like, we, we texted during the race and I was like, what is going on with McLaren right now? Because obviously the Ferraris have essentially a similar pace f- with them. And, like, it might get risky uh, towards the end of the race. But that is where the... A call paid off because Imola, as we know, is a very narrow circuit, and it is very difficult to and overtake. Not just here. that, just the fact that there was only one dry line on the circuit because of the rain-affected race that made it even more difficult to overtake. And we saw exactly. a lot of people go off, like Stroll, Lewis, trying to overtake at different points in the circuit, going onto the wet patches. And I guess Charles just didn't, just didn't want to take that chance over the 17 laps when he when he was running under one second. Uh, uh, when when the gap to Lando was basically under one second. Yeah, and as you said, the gap was within one second. He had DRS a number of times. Charles Leclerc had DRS a number of times. That just shows you how well uh, Lando performed under pressure. And he even held back Lewis Hamilton for a few laps. And like I think I don't, I don't remember it was whether it was Andreas Seidel or, um, or Zach Brown who later explained the strategy call where they thought out, you know, since it's the Imola Grand Prix, it's hard to overtake. There's only one racing line, one dry line. Uh, and and basically their intent was to overtake Charles on the restart, maybe even max if possible, yeah. and then uh, keep the position for as long as possible and defend from from Charles. And it definitely definitely paid off. I would not it, have imagined uh, the softs lasting for thirty laps. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Yeah, like we we covered everything about Lando, but let me just say his pace in qualifying, like he had a pretty eventless practice sessions. The McLaren space was gradually improving, but they were no, not anywhere near what everyone expected of them to be the third fastest car. Every like Ferrari and Alpha Tori were looking faster than them than them uh, throughout the three practice sessions. But that qualifying lap in Q3, that final lap, if you remove that, uh, you know that uh, excursion trip on the outside of the track when he went off. If you remove that, like his his time definitely improved because of that. But even without that, the time was absolutely perfect. It was great. It was a great lap and uh, a disappointment to start seven, but certainly a great race. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, like, not just not just Lando versus Charles that, that happened on track, but Lando holding up Lewis for like three, four laps uh, in a car which is like over a second faster than than the McLaren was also great. And you know, uh, it was just a few more laps, and if Lando could have held held Lewis off um, a few more times, it would have been a P2 for him. But uh, a great podium nonetheless, and well deserved. So uh, I'm still hoping that Daniel Ricciardo comes through in the next few races, and we can see. Uh, Lando and Daniel go head to head with each other, go toe to toe. But I was just, you know, ram- reminiscing about last year, and I was like, you know, how much, how much carnage would McLaren be causing in the upper midfield? You know, how much of a pain would it, would they be for uh, Red Bull and Mercedes if it was still Carlando uh, and McLaren? You know, uh, and yeah. I was just thinking about that, and I just couldn't stop thinking. So. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, Daniel Ricciardo comes through pretty soon. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's let's talk about the defending champion now, Lewis Hamilton. What a roller coaster of a race he had. Uh, qualified P1, uh, surprisingly so for everyone and for himself. Uh, you could you could hear that in his team radio after the qualifying finished. But yeah. uh, <laughs> certainly, a lot to unpack about Lewis's race. A lot to unpack. Definitely, he. So this was his 30th different track that he qualified on pole, which is an insane statistic. Like, given his career and all his records, this statistic itself is quite extraordinary. But uh, yeah, onto the race. That incident on turn two certainly affected him. But as we saw, like uh, the tire wear on the Mercedes and the Red Bull was little different the the inter, the wear on the inter tires so Hamilton was closing up on uh, Verstappen after like 30 odd laps and he was I think some 2 or 3 seconds behind definitely Max, Max was first. struggling on his on his inters as they wore off much quicker than, yeah. than on uh, Lewis's car and then I think the gap between them was like under 2.5 seconds when Max pitted uh, and then Lewis put another great lap, and the and the gap came down to like less than, like the virtual gap came down to less than almost half a second, I think, uh, after Max's pit stop. But a great like between the pit stop and you know the red flag and start of the race and the pit stop and the red flag, great drive from Lewis, you know, uh, keeping that gap under five seconds even after wing damage. He he was missing yeah, a exactly. and he was, he probably also had some flow damage with the way that car bounced off the curbs uh, at turn two. So you know that that goes to show how hard Lewis was trying on the track to keep up with Max and you know closing the gap to the Red Bull. Exactly, but I think that uh, that Mercedes pit stop, they took two extra seconds to put on that uh, front right tire, and that potentially caused them, like if they they finished P two, which where they would have finished eventually, yep. but it caused them a a chance for a fight. Uh, you are absolutely right. I think um, the pit stop had needed to be under two and a half seconds for Lewis to go into turn one with Max and uh, yeah. fight for fight for P1. I think, uh, but that extra second and a half. And there was an interesting uh, explanation for this um, uh, in the Monday morning debrief on F1.com uh, by Mark Hughes, I think. And he talked about how uh, Mercedes changes the carbon shrouds on the brakes right before the race um, to allow heating up, you know, the tires to transfer heat to the tires from the brakes and uh, apparently that makes makes it harder for the mechanics to take the tires off the car because it becomes sticky because the wheel expands and whatnot and becomes hard but 
uh, we all Marquis also reported that there was a wheel gun problem with uh, on one of the ends. So the front right tire took forever to come off, and then uh, that is what cost them basically the fight for P1. However, Lewis was closing in on Max before he made the mistake. While they were going through traffic, Max was having a really hard time going through traffic because of again, you know, there only being one dry line. Uh, yeah. In the race. Uh, but again, uh, Lewis Hamilton showing some chinks in his armor, getting impatient, trying to get to P1 uh, and get to take the fight to Max. And you know, uh, kind of funny that both both Mercedes cars uh, were sort of you know taken out by George Russell being involved. George in Russell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you think about uh, about how Lewis handled? Uh, Basically, what, what do you think about Lewis's mistake in the race? Yeah, definitely. It was a very impatient moment for him. Like, obviously, going through traffic is difficult in itself on any circuit in the world. On a wet track, like Imola with only one race, dry racing line, it's even harder. And that just showed, like, even Lewis Hamilton made a mistake, yep. a very heavy mistake. But his presence of mind and his experience over the years paid off because he like he managed to take that car out of the gravel reversing it the reverse the reversing itself was a little questionable because uh, he joined the track in reverse and he didn't have a view. we know from yeah we know from past like looking back is very difficult in formula 1 cars so that itself was very difficult but his as I said, presence of mind was very commendable, and uh, now, but he was very lucky with the red flag. Now, honestly, b- before <laughs> we move on to the red flag, uh, when you're talking about his great presence of mind, you're talking about the fact that instead of going forward and spinning his rear wheels and digging himself into a hole, basically on the gravel, he reversed slowly so that you know his car wouldn't get stuck in the gravel trap. Uh, right? That's that's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he 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 tried to go ahead, and he did hit the front wing on the wall because he tried to go ahead and take that escape road but when he hit that front wall there was no place to go ahead so he reversed it but the presence of mind came in when he did not reverse aggressively absolutely and he reversed peacefully that's all uh absolutely but yeah um great recovery from lewis hamilton there but uh he won't have finished p2 unless he got really really lucky with the red flag um Definitely, the red flags helped him a lot. Uh, he he was able to get to the pits easily, get that front wing changed, and uh, like uh, sorry, unlap himself. unlap himself exactly, and get back in line to take the, to claw back and take P two. Yeah, I, w- I wonder. I wonder if um, Valtteri got the message after Lewis crashed out of P two. You know, Valtteri is changed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, lo- the 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 Instagram uh, artist Lollipop Man Comics did put out a comic that displayed that you know Toto saying okay we need something to help Lewis and uh, <laughs> Russell and Bottas fighting for it that okay no I will yeah. I will make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is definitely funny. Um, but yeah, you know, just imagine if if Lewis were to be lapped by like you know all the other cars and if he were to like start at P twenty even. That have been a disastrous race, and he, he couldn't have made it back to P2. Uh, and sort of lucky for him that uh, you know he's in the world's drivers' championship after this race because uh, Russell and Bottas had that um, 
rather dramatic crash uh, at turn 2 yeah it's uh, which will come out later it's quite uh, ironic isn't it <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely but but you know uh, luck has always been on lewis's side and a lot of people uh, hate him for that <laughs> but you know yeah he's a seven time world champion and he makes his luck sometimes sometimes he gets lucky uh, but anyway uh, a real roller coaster of a weekend for lewis hamilton finishing p2 but still maintaining that lead in the world drivers championship like we mentioned earlier uh, by just one point though so it's going to be some interesting moving forward now let's move forward to the two ferraris what a weekend for them uh, mostly uneventful except the few times that uh, carlos went off but again a really lucky race for carlos didn't lose a lot of positions every time he went off uh, and charles almost putting it in the bin even before the race started but uh, except that what a weekend for ferrari finishing p4 and p5 uh, getting a whole lot of points uh, Charles is definitely like a driver of the day contender for me. Uh, almost had an uneven, uneventful race, and he held held on to that P4 pretty well, in my opinion. Yeah, the Ferraris certainly did show great pace at uh, Heratemola, and that just showed. You know, Charles qualified P4, and like he's always been a great qualifier with that underperforming Ferrari, but Carlos's pace has been phenomenal, and as I said. in a previous previous episode that carlos looks the most comfortable among all the uh, movers drivers who yeah driver driver absolutely. yes exactly so he just goes on to show that and finishing just seconds behind charles in p5 even after losing all, all that time uh, where where he went off it just shows but 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 you have to you have to remember that you know the grid was reset uh, after the red flag so he wasn't he All the time he lost had been recovered because of the red flag, and yeah, he, he didn't really have a mishap after after the red flag. Exactly, the time was lost, but he still had that position, you know. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he got lucky because he did have Stroll uh, and uh, Gasly and Ocon behind him at at various points in the race. Yeah. But, um, but he he made up those places time and again. But started 11th, came through the field uh, at the very beginning, you know, made up places, and then he was kind of going back and forth between eighth and tenth. uh but finished p5 so great race from carlos uh so let's let's move on to gasly finished p7 uh thanks to the penalty that uh, lance stroll got after the race uh because of overtaking him off the track but putting it in p5 in quali again what what a qualifier to take gasly in that alpha tori and i was so disappointed not not to be able to see the alpha tori's real pace once again this weekend yeah definitely that uh, strategy call was very strange but uh, as you said a g- great pace from the alpha tori uh, certainly we did not see the full pace because the the wet conditions and the uh, and the strategy but pierre gasly qualified p4 last season at imola as well and he did have a yeah uh, he did crash out on lap 5 or 6 yeah so certainly yeah, a very uh, very and, yeah. and gasly did mention the fact after the race during the post-race interview that you know uh, just a minute before the race they realized that uh, they should have gone on to the inters but there wasn't enough time to uh, make that happen so they they just chose to start the race on on the wet which is kind of surprising because we've seen uh, we saw ocon you know get into the pits uh, during the safety car yeah exactly during nicolas nicolas safety safety car and not even that you know uh, alpha tori knowing what could have happened maybe could have gambled by pitting him before the start of the race you know he could have started from the pits probably 
I don't know if that would have worked out as well though. But you know, even Ocon went to the back of the field after he did, made that safety car pit stop. So over six laps, it might it would have probably helped Gasly more than it would have hurt him. But anyway, um, couple bad strategy calls, but great recovery drive from Gasly at the end of the end of the day, uh, and also got a little bit lucky with the red flag. Uh, uh, and now let's talk about one of the new teams on the grid, Alpine. Uh, first points for them this season. First points for Alpine in F1, uh, and also first points for Alonso on his F1 return, uh, <laughs> thanks to Raikkonen's penalty. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, had a disappointing race after uh, having a DNF because of sandwich bag. Yeah. Uh, but this time, uh, things going his way, though. Um, and, and just the point uh, that I want to make to you, Vinod, if the championship were to end today, <laughs> Ocon would beat, Hamil- uh, would beat Fernando in, in the driver's championship. So yeah. just keep that in mind. I know it's a long season, but just keep that in mind. Uh, but not a, not a great qualifying for uh, Alonso, though. Yeah, I know he 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 did mention that you know he he did not he did not have the pace uh, during the qualifying, but I think it's just getting to grips with that uh, with that machine because even though he had a lot of testing, he's still coming to racing terms after two years racing in Formula One after two years, and with this uh, new machine because he tested only in the 2018 car, so again I think it's just getting to terms with that new machinery and yeah. learning it. Alonso and Alonso did uh, did comment after the race that you know having a wet race as his second race after a return in a new car was definitely um, really helpful for him uh, uh, getting the grips with the car in wet conditions. Yeah, so yeah, everything so, uh, a, too, a lot happened for new learners, so it might help them going forward. Absolutely. Also, uh, this was the first time after 2017 uh, that Alonso got beaten in qualifying by his teammate. Last it was. By Stoffel Vandoorn. I don't remember which race exactly, but uh, yeah, uh, another first for uh, Fernando Alonso in this race. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. Now let's let's come to the biggest uh, talking point. I'd say of this race, Bottas and Russell. You can't talk about the one without the other uh, after what happened this race. Uh, but yeah, what what were your thoughts on it? I I don't think it it should have been as dramatic as as it ended up being. Yeah, I mean, on first look, it was a heavy crash, and it was between like you can say it was a political situation with that crash because you know <laughs> both of them were fighting for that Mercedes seat. So, but like after watching the replays and watching it in slow motion and all that stuff, we can safely say, and the stewards themselves concluded that it was a racing incident and no action was necessary. Uh, Botas did give Russell enough space on the right. Obviously, the track was kinking towards the left, so that made it difficult. There was only one drive line, and Botas has had the complete right to take it. Uh, he he left Russell em- enough space, and yeah, it was basically that. Yeah, my thought exactly. I think I think Russell got a little bit spooked and went onto the grass, and he could have stayed on the racing line. But I think at the same time, you know, Bottas could have showed a little more respect for Russell and uh, uh, done what I guess like Max and Lewis did, or like you know, so many other people did, going to turn one um, and also defending on the inside. Yeah, certainly. So definitely, definitely a racing incident. I'm obviously like you know we're happy that both of them walked away um, safely after a crash at, at a very high speed. You know. Um, but definitely a political one, and Toto got involved with some interesting comments, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll let I'll I'll let you take the lead on that. 
Yeah, so uh, Toto Toto said that he jokes with you know Russell George Russell that if you perform well, you can you can get the Mercedes seat, but if you don't perform well, you'll race in the Clio Cup. And after the race, he joked that this was this move moved him towards the Clio Cup, closer towards the Clio Cup. But uh, certainly Toto Wolf would have been furious with both of them. I mean, I do not agree with Toto Wolf's comments because, uh, from his point of view, George Russell had no point and no like shouldn't have an intention to race a Mercedes and to take risks against that Mercedes. But at the end of the day, the Williams was fighting for points, and that was one of the one of their strongest tracks. So also at the end of yeah. the day, the Mercedes had no business being exactly. down there in P10 and fighting a Williams, you know. Exactly. And Bottas had let's let's not overlook the fact that Bottas had a disastrous weekend. You know, he qualified P8 when Lewis put it on P1, uh, and we know that Valtteri is not the greatest when he has to come through the field or in wet conditions. So that didn't play well for him either. Uh, he dropped down the grid uh, at the start too. He couldn't make up any places at the start, uh, and just disappointing all over uh, for Valtteri Bottas. And things are not looking good for him. Um, at all, you know. Uh, usually, Valtteri is there during like the first few races or uh, every season, but uh, not even that this time. Yeah, certainly. But uh, it will be interesting to see how you know Toto Wolf's Toto Wolf's decision for next year regarding that second seat or maybe both the seats uh, gets affected by this race. But certainly, it's just the second race of the season. We have twenty-one more races to go. A lot can happen between now and the new driver signings. So, yeah. Uh, but also disappointing that uh, George threw away points again because I think they were uh, fighting for P9, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, P9. So George would have still finished in the points if they would have just kept it together and you know kept on going with the race. So um, again, you know, I guess no one could have seen seen that coming. What happened happened. Uh, but just disappointing that. Uh, we could have seen George finish in the points with with the Williams with the team Williams. Uh, uh, for the first time. Uh, let's go into Yuki. Uh, just disappointing once again. Uh, crash in qualifying. Uh, people were calling it the Netflix curse, of course, because <laughs> Yuki was being covered by Netflix. Yeah. Uh, uh, started P20 on the grid and then had a great recovery drive. He came up to P10 before throwing it off uh, again at turn two after the safety car restart after the red flag. Yeah, certainly a strange weekend for him because, like, I expected Yuki to know this track very well because he has tested a lot on it, and I expected him to shine on that track. But I think in qualifying, he himself stated that he overpushed and got like overwhelmed or something like that, and uh, couldn't keep it within. Like he pushed the limits, but couldn't keep it within that extra margin. But uh, certainly disappointing to see an Alpha Tori with that pace starting P20. Uh, great recovery drive, but yeah, disastrous weekend. No points at the end of the day. Uh, but Netflix will definitely be happy. I think we can all look forward to an Imola GP uh, episode for Drive to Survive se- in, in Drive to Survive season four next year. Uh, a lot to talk about and a lot for Netflix to cover. Uh, let's talk about Antonio Giovinazzi. He was running in the points with his teammate, right behind his teammate Kimi Raikkonen, 
spotted fear of fear of got stuck in his brake like rear brake duct I think. Yeah. And uh, he had to make an make an extra pit stop uh, just to avoid DNF. Otherwise, we could have seen uh, both. You could say you know Raikkonen and Giovinazzi finishing the points ideally just like last year. Yeah, I was pretty surprised. Like in the in the preview podcast, you stated that uh, both the Alfa Tauris, Alfa Romeos had finished in the points last season and what what do I expect and I did not expect them to be in the points running in the points but yeah just a disappointment for Giovinazzi he did have an uh, incident with Mazepin in qualifying which certainly affected his qualifying lap but Mazepin, Mazepin has had similar incidents twice now like he's had incidents in both races uh, and it begs the question whether whether is it like a communication issue with the engineers in the Haas uh, garage, or because you know, are, if if they're going for the qualifying lab, why are they letting it? You know, it, he's Mazepin is a rookie at the end of the day, so you know why why are you putting a rookie in a position where he has to do such things, and you know he's not going to be able to make his qualifying lap, or just I I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, it's it's certainly strange, and I think it's it got more disappointing for me given the fact that Mazepin was fighting for only P seventeen with his teammate, right? And Giovinazzi exactly. was fighting for getting into Q2. That certainly made it a made it very difficult to digest f- for Giovinazzi himself, but for me as a fan as well. Uh, absolutely. So we haven't really touched upon why uh, Raikkonen got his penalty because of which you know uh, Alonso ended up mm. going points, mm. uh, which I've touched upon this before. But basically, uh, Raikkonen didn't go through. The pit lane after the safety car restart, during which he lost positions, you know, spinning at turn three, and he went from P seven to P ten. Uh, but according to the rules, uh, Raikkonen should have driven through the pit lane uh, since he was not able to get back to his previous position, uh, in this case P seven, uh, before the first safety car line. And because he failed to do so, he was hit with a thirty second penalty after the race. Uh, there was, and I think there was like some confusion uh, on on the pit wall regarding whether or not he could have overtaken the cars. With the engineers, the engineer was not clear on that, so he was uh, told to not overtake any cars uh, behind the safety car, uh, since it would create a safety issue, according to the engineers. Uh, but it did not it did not play. Yeah, I I think I think the the confusion was it being a safety car restart or a red flag, red flag restart, because uh, on a standing start and on a you know essential proper start, you have to regain all your positions after the warm up lap. Uh, before the safety car line and this was a warm up lap but i think they thought and got confused it being a safety car lap so yeah yeah definitely and the conditions were were wet too so yeah uh, let's get back to talking about uh, mazepin and uh, schumacher mazepin again finishing way behind uh, mick even though mick had that uh, rather embarrassing uh, collision uh, on the pit lane exit uh, and then he had to go around DMLR circuit since the pit lane was closed like a couple of times losing a lot of time but even then he finished ahead of Mazepin uh, and then Latifi also throwing away an opportunity for points finish essentially with the pace that Williams had yeah certainly see the thing about Mazepin is if you leave apart his own off track antics and you focus only on his on track performance he's not performing very well he does not have the pace he does not have the respect of other drivers. He is making too many mistakes, and he's not like he's not essentially being a good competitive Formula One driver, even with his teammate. So it's a, certainly a very 
difficult uh, thing to digest that he is a formula 1 driver on the grid yeah. absolutely and uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny when mazepin was getting the heat when latifi made the mistake <laughs> and you know crashed into the wall because of himself but uh, people didn't know that until uh, until the replay was shown and everybody thought it was mazepin who who <laughs> yeah. was quite hit latifi yeah. uh, so that was kind of funny uh but yeah quite quite an an eventful for haas uh you know finishing where everybody expected them to finish uh, and let's talk about the aston martin vettel stroll and also a little bit about the fia and their um the way the way the stewards took their decisions this weekend um a lot of questions to be asked of that too uh both aston martin had brake issues on the car before they even started the race uh, and they had to change out brakes before a uh, great race in the wet once again from from Ron Lance Stroll I think you know uh he again showed why he is on the F1 grid and why he's a force to reckon with uh, and then Vettel having a terrible terrible race uh because of multiple reasons yeah certainly his brake issues certainly did not help him a new car which he's really struggling with genuinely struggling with he's like with the Aston Martin and his penalty that timing of that penalty for not having the tires on at the 5 minute mark that that penalty uh, 10 second stop stop go penalty it was so unfortunate for him because he had just completed his pit stop to move from the inters to the slick tires and then he like he literally got hit that hit with that penalty on the pit exit and he had to do one or two two laps he did and come back again do a you know 10 second stop and go which which was essentially which became like a 30 second penalty yeah, uh, it, at the end of the day it really hurt him and then eventually he had to like bring the car in because of the overheating brakes so a really disappointing day for vettel absolutely yeah which is why i was like uh, and fi also again you know they did that and then also stroll's penalty was a little questionable at first because uh the incident had not been noted uh, until like the very end of the race and then stroll got a got a 5 second penalty which essentially gave gasly back his position um like his you know finishing position gasly went ahead to p7 and stroll yeah. came back to p8 they switched places however last race when uh, the question was asked of uh, michael masi uh, that you know what would have been the penalty for max verstappen had he not given the position back to lewis hamilton michael masi said that it would have been a 10 second penalty So it's kind of interesting that Stroll was only slapped with a five-second penalty at the end of the race, um, but yeah, again, so a lot of work to be done by the FIA again. You know, Michael Massey needs to run a tighter ship, and there's a lot that needs to be done on on their behalf. Exactly. Um, but yeah, a very very eventful race, but still a few additional talking points remain, uh, and one thing that that's pretty interesting that again came from the article by Mark Hughes. You know, the Monday morning debrief was. Our pit stop going to decide the World Drivers Championship when it's so close. Certainly, I mean, they both, both the drivers like Max and Lewis are on top of the game. Both have exceptionally fast cars. Like, they are essentially one and two, without any differences. They, without any differentiation, and pit stops like we saw at Imola that one and a half second extra for Lewis Hamilton. certainly cost him a lot he won yeah and uh, and with with that with that topic also yeah with that topic i would encourage you to go to your 
idea about the sprint race how you think that would affect it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, w- when i was reading that article and you know marchis made that point about uh, pit stops the, being the deciding factor between the world world driver championship and i and i said and i was thinking about you know what would it take max to out and out you know win this championship to have all everything in his bag and i was like red bull is essentially the fastest car on the track this season so our sprint races um you know the wild card that red bull need to steal the world drivers and world constructors constructors championship this season will sprint races essentially help red bull steal this championship and i think that's a thought for everyone else and uh, all our listeners to you know um ponder on and uh, see if they think the same and you know if sprint races could def- could play in the favor of the red bull more than so than the mercs yeah that's certainly a very interesting take because we know mercedes are very like we know that the strategy war is very important for that drivers championship and without pit stops uh there's no strategy war so yeah quite an interesting take i mean but uh, yeah absolutely and but great strategy call from uh, mercedes to try and overcut what's happened because they knew the undercut undercut won't work because uh, lewis didn't have the pace um on the intermediate right away but compared to the slicks lewis could have put in a faster lap uh, faster in lap than a faster out lap from max Uh, but also other new, new stories developing from Aston Martin uh, Otmar Safnavzar had said that he would take FIA to court regarding regarding the new rules and regulations but i think that is not the case anymore after he talked to the FIA uh, and you know looked into the procedures and uh, everything that FIA did in order to build build these new rules and regulations yeah it was certainly a very strange comment from Otmar you know that we'll take them to court because it is uh affecting us unfairly but yeah it's good to see that they are content for now with the procedures taken so we can move along with the racing <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> uh interesting comment from lucas degrassi too about the emola track and telling how you know how an old school track uh that causes drivers just a little bit of pain can produce interesting races compared to the new tracks that are not as interesting and are just worried about uh the rest of the things that not not racing uh and on the same note uh Miami GP got announced for 2022 and Miami GP has signed uh, a 10 year contract with F1 so another race in the US finally something that F1 has been saying that it will deliver ever since uh, Liberty Media took over the operation yeah it took them 4 years and some 70 plus simulations 70 70 plus layout simulations to get that uh, track ready but it's going to be interesting to see another race in the US US as they have mentioned many times before is a great potential market for them and uh, with that covered now it's time to get a race in Africa absolutely i'm i'm on board with that and i think a lot of people will be will be will join us on that bandwagon um uh, well that is all for this podcast vedant uh, any closing thoughts from you well we have portimao in two weeks time portimao is one of like it's a it's a great track with less overtaking opportunities but the layout and the undulations and the weather do make it an interesting track we have a lot of wind disturbance and it will be interesting to see how many cars have a stable rear end and how many get affected by that you know crosswind and things stuff like that 
I don't have anything more to say, so we're gonna end the podcast here. Thank you, Vidhan, for joining us once again, and thank you for the to the listeners for uh, making it all the way through this podcast. We'll catch you on the next one.